Hello, everyone. Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of the Feld Podcast. I I believe I have something good for y'all today. We're going to explore the life of a very interesting individual that um, it, just by by happenstance, I, I met her, I overheard her having a meeting across the way where my studio is. And, you know, sometimes you just got to make the pitch. And here we are. And thank you so much for accepting the invitation on the Feld Podcast. I know you got a big event coming up. I'm going to read this And then after that, I'll introduce you because I want to make sure I do a good job. Here we go. Join Hey Chica Movement 2024 Latina Leadership Summit, a powerful movement for Latinas ready to ignite their passion and goals with Ganas. Connect connect with leaders, advocates, and influencers. Engage in thought-provoking panel discussions and build lifelong friendships. Engaging conversations about influencers, influencer marketing, community leaders, brand building, and collaborations. Don't miss this amazing opportunity to grow your network and be inspired. And so I will put the rest of that information. I'll put a link in the description below. And with that, I want to welcome Veronica. How are you doing today? Thank you for stopping by. Yes, thank you for having me. Um, I should say Chico, right? And true brand. <laughs> Absolutely. And true brand presence. Um, you know, when I met you last week, I thought that was awesome and how I feel like energy follows thought, you know, yeah. and, and I think it's amazing. I'm happy to be here. I'm excited to, to sit with you and talk a little bit about what we're doing with Hey Chica. Yeah, I know you got an event coming up. It's in March. It's actually March 2nd of this year, and it's going to be in Dallas. How Are you looking forward to it? Is it exciting? There's a lot of moving parts that you're trying to still trying to put together to make that thing happen. Yeah, you know, putting on any type of event of that magnitude takes a lot of manpower and mind power. So we're in the finishing stretches. So we literally have maybe a month to go. And we've got so many women that want to engage from a speaker level, Mm. corporate partners that want to sponsor and people that want to volunteer and get involved. So that's more of the overwhelming side. But other than that, we've got the content in place. We've got the venue. We got the food and everything else is just a plus. Well, (laughs) it's it's great. You know, the Hey Chica movement. For me, you know, my wife is Latina, my daughter is a little Latina, and I see great leaders and great potential in both of them. But me and my wife are investing in our little Latina because she's entering a new world. Things are a little bit different than the way we did it. And so I'm just hoping that I can give her like what I learned that I can give it to her and and it benefits her as, as a community leader, as a communicator. And it makes her confident, you know, as not only as an individual, but like culturally speaking, I want her to be proud of her being a Latina. And before we jump into the the, the questions that I have for you, it's funny as Latinas. Tell me if this is true or not. This is for uh, this might help my daughter in the future. Latinas have a lot of energy. Okay, I think of a plate that's bland and then you add a little bit of salsa, right? And then when you add that salsa, it gives it a bit of kick. It makes it a little bit stronger, makes it a little bit better. Have you always had that salsa? Have you always had the energy? Because to do what you're doing, you cannot be bland. (laughs) Right. Um, Yeah, because I was very lucky enough to be raised 
by my parents and my grandparents, like most Latinos, right? Mm -hmm. Most, well, for me, Mexicana, most Mexicans, it's a tribe. Yeah. And so for me, I got the best of both worlds, which is rare because all of my cousins were only raised around my grandparents who were very Mexican immigrant, very stick to the village. And my dad and my mom were very living la vida loca in the street, mm -hmm. you know, introduced black culture because we lived in the project. So we got to see you know, break dancing when it came out. Mm. And so I used to go live with my my parents and then bring that culture back home to my grandparents' house. Yeah. And so I was like the fast one in the street because I knew about Michael Jackson or whatever. Oh, yeah. So for me, it was an amazing blessing that my dad and my mom were living their life the way they were living, although everyone could say it was a rough life, right? It was yeah. in the street and my dad was involved in drugs and everything else, but I got to experience life with a different lens. And I think that is what makes Latinos so diverse, right? Because the influence from the black culture, you know, Afro-Latino, like the Spanish culture, like we are a mezcla, no matter yeah, what. So I agree. that is what I was not until my adult life understood what that meant and knew where it came from when I went back and visited where I'm from. And so, okay, here we go. So what's a, and obviously you, you know, being in two cultures, understanding, growing with music and all of this energy around you now, we see it very mature now, but when we were young, it was, a lot of it was barely coming to be like people in society didn't know how to take it. Um, and it was a lot harder back then. It was almost frowned upon the stuff that we were into. And now it's like, oh, it's so cool. It's trendy, it's retro. But times have changed so much. But is there a vivid childhood memory that you had that had a significant impact on you and in, in how you're shaped today? And I'm, I'm obviously with your grandparents, your parents and the culture you grew in. But is there something significant that stands out that you're like, man, that really marked me and I'm glad I went through it? <laughs> Thank you for that question, because I teach that. I had to go back and write my timeline mm. and where my pain had brought privilege and where my privilege had brought purpose. And I went back because I was dealing with, like all of us, all the trauma that we were enduring when we were younger and knowing that if I wanted to stand in my truth and inspire Latinas and be true to who I was, I had to understand where I came from so I wasn't showing up with a lot of this insecurity and trauma. Yeah. So when I went back and I'm gonna pull about three points, I'm hoping we have time to talk about it because it's so important. I go back and I'm like, oh my God, I've endured a lot, just like a lot of people, but death for me was very early on and prominent. I experienced death early, even it started when I was six years old and we had a shootout at my house and it was mm. me and my brother with my dad. Yeah. And just a shootout. So I, that was the first time that I experienced fear in the most craziest way, right? Like, and then also how I survived that. So I was like, oh my God, I had to understand what that meant that I sometimes you feel alone that you know that at any moment life can be taken away mm -hmm. so i learned that then and then when i was 14 i got pregnant and i had a kid at 15 so that taught me my adolescence was no longer part of who i was and i learned responsibility and then that's when you kind of find out like oh my god i'm mm -hmm. responsible i'm here alone i didn't have a lot of the resources that i had and then my dad died when he of a drug overdose when i was 21 so Oh, for a girl, a Latina to lose her daddy and, you know, all of that experience. And then everything else, like I was the first to graduate high school, the first to go to college. And then I lost my son just recently, too. So, like, all these things that 
you go through early on, my you know, Diaz dying or death, or, it just became part of my life. But it was also the purpose of how even how mm-hmm. I started Hey Chica. So when yeah. I go look at it, I'm like, oh, my God, I went to 13 elementary schools and we were evicted. And so I had to make friends everywhere I went. But now that's how I move in my business. Yeah. You know, I'm nimble. I'm resilient. So those are things that people could say, oh, my God, that's a lot of, you know, trauma and tragedy. And I'm just like, but it's triumph for me because it makes me who I am now. I walk into a room with confidence because I know who I am and where I come from. I love it. I mean, it's sad, but I love what it's become. Yeah. And with all of that death, I know I've seen some of the mentorships that you've done with younger uh, Latinas and from high school and all ages. But I've heard a few interviews that you've done. And and, in essence, you're giving uh, life to these individuals because they're tapping into this confidence, right? That's maybe not living, maybe that is a bit dying in some of, in some of us. And so it, it's almost a great contrast that sadly you went through a lot of death experiences, but now you're offering yourself a lot of life experiences over and over by inspiring so many people. But when we're young, we obviously go through things that we don't have control of. Um, and you shared a few of those right now, but we also are fortunate to have people in our life that believe in us. And I feel like we have some similar, uh, like we grew up in some similar neighborhoods and it's very hard because people look down on us, whether it be because how much money we have or maybe because of how we talk or because of what our parents do for a living. But I still managed to find a few people that poured into me. Mm-hmm. What are some of the mentors or some of the lessons that a teacher or someone gave to you that you just like, man, you quote them whenever you talk or you present that still stick with you these, you know, till today? Oh, yeah, I love that. Yeah, so uh, so many good questions. I love this. Um, well, I go back to my dad, right? Like a very long time. I was so angry. Like, why did you live that life? Because I lost you mm. and it kind of taken on. But my dad always made me feel like I was the princess and I was the reina. And like, even I remember he would be, you know, playing poker with his friends and they would have Coke in the, you know, and and heroin in the bathroom. And I'd see the spoon and the Mm. needles and the vows and all that stuff. But I would still come in and he would let me sit on his lap and I would put his hat on. And he's like, yeah, baby, you're the girl. Like, you're going to break a lot of hearts. And it wasn't (laughs) like it was the way that I see a father pouring into his daughter, like you mentioned yours. And so I never felt like I wasn't the the girl, you know, I mean, my dad made me feel very admired and loved in that sense. So, but I got to see the dark part of life where, you know, your nails get dirty. And Mm -hmm. that was just him being a human and trying to deal with his own thing. I didn't know what he was going through. So I got the love and the confidence from my dad at that point. And then my grandparents taught me, about respect and like make sure you do well make sure you like make sure you greet whoever make sure you don't forget who you come from remember that we raised you well and remember you're a hard worker and you know and my grandmother taught us how to cook because I still value that me serving my husband or serving my community and and going to church and so all of that those were my mentors early on right not knowing now like 
I think, wow, like my ancestry and where I come from is the values is amazing. And then after that, you know, my grandmother was so proud because I was the only one who went to college. So she'd send me money or buy me my first suit and do all these things. But then it became my teachers because I reached a level past what my family had kind of shot their arrow at. Right. So then when I started going to high school, my mom dropped out of sixth grade. So a lot of them didn't understand education. It was about hard work Mm. and labor. And so when I got to school, it was a teacher, you know, and she's my first teacher. I still speak to her to this day. And she's like, you need to go to college because you have a kid. And she inspired me to do that. And so along the way, and then after I graduated college, I had a mentor and the first job I had, they said, you need to buy a house. And I didn't know what that was and a 401k. And so I bought my first house when I was 26 in Frisco and I had it built. And I didn't know all that. It was just my people that were along the way, like, you need to do this. You need to do this. And even in the community in Dallas, like the Hispanic community, like you need to get on a board. I didn't know what that meant. And they put me on the board and I was like in the Hispanic chamber board at 27 and 26 and 28. Like, and I'm like, wow, that seems so young. But back then it were people that saw my potential and the people that really walk the walk and say they were turning around and building a pipeline or pouring in. And those people I'll never ever forget. And I still make sure that I acknowledge them and that I give back to them and engage them in what I'm doing even now. Being being exposed to things is very important. And a lot of uh, Latino, you know, a lot of Latinos don't. They like you said, they only get exposed to where, wherever their parents, wherever they reach, and their and their community, their circle, and that's it. And it's hard to step out of it at times, but. You had this confidence about you so early in life, obviously in high school and beginning to have those conversations that you're going to go to college. And usually it's like you got to go to work. You got to work what's needed in your home. How scary was that? And someone watching who's in your in that same position, what are some things that kind of helped you take that leap? you know and Mm -hmm. start college and then from there navigate all the difficulties of every semester and every year and finances and all of that but what what got you over that hump to something that's so common in the latino culture is not to go to college it's to go to work it's hard because my baby daddy at the time his parents were like stay here get a job at the city like why are you leaving us right because not only did i go to college in a different state i left austin i left texas I had a baby, right? So I didn't have a job and I went to school in South Carolina and all I had was my car. And I, I just, I just was like, even the day before I left to school, my dad had tried to kill himself in a drug overdose. So they called me and he was handcuffed to the bed the night before I was gonna drive off. And he's like, you're leaving me. I can't believe you're abandoning me. And I know now it was just, people are like uh, so attached and afraid. And we put that burden on our children because we make it as we're hurt people hurt people. You hear that yeah. all the time. And like my parents were just so used to being abandoned, abandoned in life, abandoned by the system of, around racism and integration and all these things. Mm. And they project that out onto their children, not knowing. And then the responsibilities on the children. So the guilt my dad had put on me, like, you're leaving me. Everyone's like, you're leaving us. And, yeah. and, and I had to say, you know what? I'm leaving myself too. But I have to because I have a kid. I had a brand new baby, you know, and I had to, I had to, you know, power through that. And 
I don't know what it was. And I, and I really feel like it was a God thing that I finally surrendered to and said, lead me the way and I got to do this and I'm willing to take the risk to fail and come back and I didn't I didn't my college was 30,000 a year I went wow. to a private school that was yeah. in hospital and so I, I my teachers like get a loan out and for someone to say get a $30,000 loan out of 18 and you're talking to a Hispanic a Chicana raised and you know Mexicana raised like it was it had to be a God thing because I knew my purpose I needed to succeed I needed to excel because I wanted also that everyone saw my dad as this black sheep and this drug addict and whatever I wanted them to see that even though my father lived this life he had an amazing daughter that represented mm. him through the through the mud you know, you know, as Latinos, we have an immigration story. Uh, you know, a lot of us do. And a lot of our parents start at zero. And and um, and we don't really get to experience that starting at zero because we have the advantages of being over here in America. But I hear what you're saying. You leaving in a car, you have a kid, you don't know what you're going to do. You just know I'm going to this university in essence, you started at zero, and I know it's not a, an exact comparison, but when you think of the Latino stories of people who are their 50s and 60s and how they started and made something of themselves, how did you, how do you equate starting at zero at that moment? And what were some of the takeaways, you know, now looking back at that? Yeah, starting at zero would have been an honor. It was starting behind the line, right? So, <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, better I mean, said. You know what I'm saying? Like, you. starting at zero is equal opportunity, I think, for me. <laughs> but when your dad's over here threatening to kill himself True. and you have, you know, I maybe had $1,000 from my dollar dance at my wedding in my pocket and I didn't have oh. no place to stay. I got a hotel room when I got there. And then I'm in South Carolina where I have no family and it was predominantly white and it was like... They didn't even know what I was. They didn't know what a Mexican looked like mm. when I got there. So imagine the culture shock. And I look at when I see the immigration thing going on now in the border, these people are doing the same thing. They're mm. crossing the border with maybe $10 in their pocket or that with a child. So I see myself in this transition of people coming here and the fear, but also the hunger and the appetite to want more. So it's yeah. beautiful to watch that. You can still have a lot of fear, but your poder and your inspiration and your faith is like so grand that it drives you to the surrender to that. That's what people are trying to buy. That's so, what is the magic. So you say hunger and then you and but what comes to my mind is like, OK, it's either hunger or is I'm going to show you. OK, either one can be a negative or positive. That's not what I'm trying to get at. But what was it for you? Was it, I'm going to show you world, I'm going to show you parents, or was it, man, I'm hungry, I need to do better, even though you didn't know what the future was going to hold. So one is like looking back and fueling, one is looking forward and getting fuel. Mm -hmm. Where were you at that point? Well, for me, it's about progress. Mm -hmm. Like, at the end of the day, when people are like, what's your why? It's about moving our people forward, even mm -hmm. if it's a half a step even yeah. if it's two steps. And if I can do that, then my cousins and my daughter that I had in my car seat had a chance, you know, and that's the, that's what it is about. It's about mm. progress is that 
I've learned early on from several women that have mentored me that our parents only take us this far. It's our responsibility to take what they've given us and move the arrow. Like I was saying, you know, they shot their arrow, I heard, and, and it landed there. Now I'm picking it up and I'm shooting. I'm only going to go so far with what I can do. So now my daughters now, it's going to be up to them. And I'm not pressuring them. They don't have to do that. But the inspiration for them to do that, because I'm living it and they're watching it as they're growing up, is like progress. I yeah. tell them, you know who you are and your job is to show progress. So don't judge me by my past, judge me by, judge me by the progress, yeah. right? So that's the kind of mantra that I live every day. And I think that when someone sees it, just like me, when I met you, you recognize the energy of that and people are like, how do I get that? How yeah. do I can surround myself around it and how can you help me get to that feeling? So you've obviously had grown up with a lot of energy. You're very vocal and you're obviously a great communicator, a great leader. Sometimes that can be a bit intimidating to people that, and tell me if this happened to you growing up, did people ever say, you know what, you just, you need to bring it down like a little too loud, a little too energetic. Did that happen to you or you just... I didn't have the confidence that I have now. Okay. And, and that happened through, again, transitions, right, in my life. So I was in a, my first marriage that I was in, because I married my high school sweetheart. I'm not married to him now, but he's a good friend. Um, who, again, he'll hurt people, hurt people, was going through his own thing. So the infidelity, the physical abuse and mental abuse. So I was, I felt very insecure. I was not that confident girl in high school. Mm. I was just the... The cool girl next door that got involved in all the activities. I played soccer, I did cheerleading, but I was not confident and knew who I was then. And so I didn't have all of this. This didn't happen to me until after I had gotten divorced. And I met someone that was, I was in a relationship with someone early on that was, that all he did was tell me like, wow, you have a corporate job. Like he was pouring into me in such a big way that I started to believe it. Mm. And it wasn't until that relationship that I, I learned how, that I deserved to be loved, yeah. that I deserved to be seen. And that person had, was the first person that I felt that saw me for beyond who I, what I look like. It was more about who I was in my spirit. And he gave me that gift. You know? So he saw those qualities in you. And obviously it was an outside voice because your inside voice maybe wasn't seeing it. And obviously not you weren't telling yourself. Mm -hmm. What does your inside voice tell you now? Like that, you wake up every day and you look in the mirror. What 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 are you saying to yourself now? Well, this is hard because people don't believe you know that. And I just had a conversation with my girl that I work out with because I I mentioned that I lost a son. I lost a son seven years ago, and um, I went through postpartum depression. I even went through a depression where I didn't want to be here. And these are everyday thoughts that happen, and not because. I want them to happen, right? You can be highly successful. We've seen stories on people that are committing suicide that are like highly successful, very ambitious movie stars or whatever. For me, it's like I, some there's mornings that I wake up and I'm like, I don't want to be here doing this anymore. I want to just throw in the towel. Like, I don't want to be Hey Chico's face. I don't want to be the owner of this because the the work that has to be done just like you the pressure of mm -hmm. making sure you're taking care of your family financially emotionally when you get to a place where influence where people think you have influence or for me because i'm in the in the, you know in the public eye there's a large expectation that comes with that that people feel like you owe them your time mm -hmm. your energy your ear 
your voice. And so if I'm carrying chicas in Dallas and a network of chicas and these women are like, make time for me. Can you help me? And, and then you overwhelmed with that. Mm -hmm. Like, obviously the responsibility of that. And so for me, I have to really focus on my self-care. So I meditate, I journal, and I take care of my sacred peace and space. That way I can go and do these things, right? And yeah. I can hold space for that because if I'm not pouring in, then I'm gonna be pouring out, I'm not gonna have enough. And so for me, it's a practice. I'm mm -hmm. not this cheerful, positive, hey, all the time. You know, at yeah. home, I need my quiet time. I'm an introvert. I get my energy from quiet. Everyone sees me out, but I'm pouring out. You, you know, if you get extrovert, you get your energy from other people. I don't. I get it when I'm sitting in silence, mm. you know, and I'm having a conversation, a glass of wine with my husband on the patio after the kids are asleep. And my thoughts are like, how do I grow this? How do I help people? How do I progress? How do I, how do I put my people in the game? Like, yeah. that's what I'm thinking about all the time. You said introvertness. And so I also... Um, I'm an introvert, mm -hmm. which explains, obviously, like when you are talking, it's outward. You're in control of the conversation. When I'm here, I'm prepped. I, I know the direction of the conversation. It's very, it, it's a trait. Mm -hmm. But how, what are some tricks that you have learned? Because you've obviously overcome it. You manage your introvertness very well because of what you're doing. What are some tricks that you've taught yourself and what some some wisdom that you have for maybe an introvert? Because for some, that is what keeps them from growing or mm -hmm. going where they need to go is because they hide in it. And sometimes that's comfortable for them. But, you know, you're obviously coming out of that. You, you're open to be not always being you're a loud introvert, in other words. <laughs> so what, what are some tips and tricks that you've you apply? I think that we really need to know who we are. And that takes going back and dealing with stuff that's not pretty. Right. Yeah. So for me, I had to go back again. I told you the shootings of all these things. I think we need to know who we are so then we're liberated mm -hmm. and then I can come in here in full confidence like I know who I am so even if someone misinterprets what I say in my conversation it doesn't matter like even if you took a picture with me I'm like oh that's not my right angle I'm not that because I know who mm -hmm. I am and I'm accepting mm -hmm. that this is who I am and when you know that and you know it 100%, then you're equanimous. Nothing moves you. You're grounded and no one can push you over and steal your joy because we know who we are. So I'm trying to teach that to my seven and nine-year-old at home. Like, you know who you are. And if you don't, we're going to figure that out, mm. you know. And I t when I used, to, I used to work in corporate America, I had to, I had to sm play small. I had to represent a company, so my voice wasn't mine, it was theirs. And mm -hmm. I had to watch what I said. I had to watch who I was with. And when I work for myself now, I feel so liberated, but also as a business owner, I have a responsibility to cover mortgage and rent and finances and employees. And so it's a different animal to fight, right? But I'm liberated because I feel peace that I can speak my truth because I know who I am. So I, I believe in storytelling like that, like the felt podcast is one thing, but really the thing behind it that moves it is storytelling. I feel like what I want to pass down to my chica, which is my daughter, <laughs> is like 
the power of her voice, the power of communicating, because for me, with all the wrong decisions that I made growing up and, 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 you know, just still just day to day trying to make it happen. You know, the one thing that I'm secure in is my story and communicating my story. It's allowed me to connect uh, with so many people. It's opened so many doors. And so that's really what I push for people. I want them to be confident in sharing their story. You've shared a lot of your story today, but in order to do that, you have to be a great communicator. And so I just want to know, how do you see yourself as a communicator? What kind of things have you learned along the way? And, you know, do you consider yourself a great communicator? Um, I do. I, I consider myself better than I was yesterday, right? Um, and it, I have to share this story because it's on the top of my mind yeah. now. When I first got my first job in Dallas, I worked for a hotel company. And I was that girl that was like, hi, like, I'm like, Ferran, like, <laughs> yeah. talking in my little Chicana voice, right? And my boss was like, pulling me to the side. She's like, you talk like you're from the ghetto. And I was like, and it was so, like, I was so insecure. Yeah. Then I didn't talk, right? Because I knew that my vocabulary was not at that level. But maybe it was, and just maybe she noticed that. in the insecurity, I was just mortified. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, my God, I need to. So I started reading the dictionary all the time. I started to try to find words that could express, like, a proper, you know, conversation. And I was so insecure about it, like, for a long time. And then one of my colleagues gave me this book, it's called Fierce Conversations, and it changed my life. And I read it, I have it now in my, on my nightstand, and I read it when I can because I started to really go and investigate uh, words and the power of that. And in mm -hmm. there, there's a status that's, a st you know, it's a, it's a data point that says 90% of conversations are done and that people don't know they're not even using the right words to express their real feelings mm. and it hit me and i and i thought i want to make sure that i have the word that truly articulates the emotion of what i'm trying to express in my yeah. conversation and when i read that and i practiced that game changer and i've had a lot of my people critique me that i've asked like did I, did I tell you exactly what that was and how it felt? And one of my friends was like, Veronica, you have a gift that you can really tell someone something and tell it in an exact way where they can feel it with emotion attached to it. And I never knew what that meant until I started teaching yoga and meditation and speaking on stages. And I thought, I did. I do have a gift for that. And I didn't know that was a gift because I was so insecure about that before but because I had spent 30 years studying words and how to really articulate my feelings yeah. and it changed my life mm, I love it that's a that's so beautiful because <laughs> my my wife okay she has this insecurity that when she talks she feels like her Mexican accent comes out and it kind of keeps her from in a, in a meeting setting or in a group setting to be more vocal and she can't overcome that. Have, mm -hmm. have you heard of that with yeah. any of the chicas that you've dealt with? And what do you, what do you tell them to kind of overcome that? And it may exist and it may not, but that's not the point. You know what I mean? Right. It does exist. A lot of, it's an insecurity from a lot of my friends. I, I have friends from Ecuador and Nicaragua and they're on stages now and they just embrace that. 
And I think that a lot of people haven't, you know, have like a crush on Latinos, right? In a way like pop culture does or like culture does on the hip hop culture, right? It's like the thing. And I think that it's not the accent. I think it's the insecurity of using the right word to express themselves. So a lot of people, I remember early on when I was single and people were like, oh, guys I would date that were not Spanish speaking, like, oh, say something in Spanish, girl. You know, Mm -hmm. it was always like alluring, like the Latina. If you Google Latina now, it gives you like this sex kitten and blah, 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 blah. And these things that are kind of misinterpreted. But I think that embracing just whatever that is, you know, your insecurity of what it is, there's so much power in that. And you can tell people that all day, but until they practice it, just like I practice going to the dictionary and going to a word. So if they really want it more than they're afraid Mm -hmm. of it, that's where the power is. If you can send a message to younger, your younger self or even younger Latinas right now, what were those words of wisdom be or what motivation would you give them? Let's just say high school and high school Latina right now. What what words of inspiration would you give them? And I know you got a lot to 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 pick from, but what's something that you wish that you could have told yourself? Well, I'm speaking to. It's funny you said that. I'm speaking to about 300 chicas next in two weeks, and I'm gonna tell them the rites of passage going through the timeline. My message is, you gotta know who you are, and I say that every time now because. It makes you immediately when I said that to you, you probably go back to your thought like, damn, do I know who I am? <laughs> you know what I mean? It yeah. starts to it starts to ask you where you're like, let me think about am I that person? And I tell these young girls like right now they they have such a hard time filtering through the influencer world, the, the social media world, even at home. Like we have to get them to understand that that's not real life, that's an illusion. Mm. What you tell yourself is what's real because your energy follows thought. So if you're telling yourself you're ugly, you're not smart, you don't fit in, then you're gonna make it a belief Mm -hmm. and the belief is gonna stay there and it's gonna make reality. So when you know that power is like, let's start to tell ourselves the beliefs, feel the emotion of what that is and then let it unfold into our greatness of what that is and i can break it down for you and it just starts of how you wake up in the morning the first thought you have and the last thought you have at night like let's make that the best thought that actually discovers who you are even if it's a sad day or a happy day like i'm human and that's what it's for and i also tell them use the trick where you tell your brain right because we're primal our brain is conditioned to protect us so that's the Mm -hmm. fight or flight your brain is conditioned to keep you away from harm and so they'll tell you anything to protect your physical well-being so tell your brain thank you for for looking out for me i got this now and then you make the decision you have the intuition to either decide if you want a grievance or a miracle Mm. yeah i I think of this meme where there's there's two deer and one deer just runs through the fence and he and he hurts himself trying to squeeze in because but he's going full speed his flight and fight or mm-hmm. or fully activated and then there's another deer that kind of stops and takes a few steps to the left and it's <laughs> wide open you know what i mean like it seems so close because you're in that mood and then sometimes you, it's just a small shift that can help you and so 
in your journey, obviously you're speaking to chicas, you're influencing a lot of people, but what women um, can you recall? Um, I know you mentioned your mom and your grandma, but aside from that, who have influenced you that you look up to and admire that have poured into you because you're obviously that Latina, you're that chica now for so many that in the future people are going to be referencing you when they say what motivated you. And so I'm asking you, who are some women, whether it be a book or it could be anyone that have inspired sure. you? Um, right now, it's my tias that are still living that I can go back and that, you know, made me know, like, I still have this tia that's 92 that shows up, you know, with her makeup done and her hair curled and and you know always knew that when she walked into a room she had to own it right and mm. i they were my tias were like corporate women before i knew what that was they were they were working you know they were the manager at academy sports store and this is a lot this is back in the 70s and wow. 80s you know what i mean yeah. like unheard of latinas that are in there and their stories i'm like wow i what i do come from a good cloth you know oh, yeah and they inspire me now because i talk to them and the way that they love and their faith. And I'm like, wow, that's amazing. And so it doesn't take a college education to do life well. You know, like you can still do that in such a grand way because at the end of the day, an education and knowledge is the same thing. Like reading knowledge of knowing what not to do and right and wrong and culture and respect, that's knowledge too. And I have women like uh, that have poured into me and these are many women in Fort Worth and in Dallas that call me and say, Vero, how can I help you? Vero, what can I do for you? Um, let me lend myself to you to, to see your alignment happen. And um, I, I was talking to my friends last night. I'm going to talk about this is important. We had a Chica meeting and we were sitting around this fire pit and we're like, who is our Latina in America? Who is our lady that's like, you know, I have my best friend's black and she's like, so inspired by like Michelle Obama, like um, the girl Issa, Lorette, who's you know all these movie stars, mm -hmm. uh, Tyler Perry, and uh, that are like in there, and they're like Michelle Obama's like wow, like doing the thing, and uh, and they're like, is it J Lo? I'm like, no, that's not my person. Yeah. And is it you know America Ferreira or is it you know AOC? And I'm like Evelyn Gore. I'm like, no, those are not yeah, yeah. not my people it, that I'm like chasing and liking and following. You know, and they, you know, and the black, you know, my black sisters have Beyonce, these women that are like, uh, yeah. and I'm not saying that JLo's not, uh, or for me, I'm like, is it Gloria Stefan? Like, who's, who's waking me up in the morning where I want to go check her out and, and yeah. get behind her and do that, you know? And it was hard for us. And then we're like, in Dallas, who's that person? Who's the person in Fort Worth? And I think that for, we're like, why can't we just name, like I was naming off Michelle Obama and all these women, oh, yeah. how come I can't name that for Latinas? And and we were trying to really dig deep because we want to share that message. And wow. it was because I, and my perception is that when you start climbing that ladder like that, the weight of the world is on you and we're not resilient enough to 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 power through that because we're still struggling with our identity as Latinos. Mm -hmm. We're still struggling. Are we going to lean to the white side or are we going to lean to the culture and lean with our black side and the struggle and yeah. the and the hustle and the fight? And we've always been trained, me, put your head down, get out the way, work hard, 
stay out of the business. You know what I mean? It was, and it's so embedded in us that now for us to go in there and be Cesar Chavez and say, I'm going to go, you know, against the grain and I'm going to fight for the people. Yeah. We're not there yet as a, as a, and that's just my perception of what I see in Dallas. And I I don't know, this is my lens, but I'm like, how do we build Latinas to be my seven and eight, nine year old Latina to say, man, like they're forging through and they're busting doors open and they're respecting the game and they're doing business with other Latinas and they're respecting the, so I'm learning a lot about who these people are and issues that we can come together and, you know, walk the walk. You know, I think of like Maria Hinojosa as a broadcaster and the impact she's making for people who maybe want to get in communication. But I get I get that I can't come up with something. John Linguizamo came out with um, a, a Netflix special. I love that. And Netflix. I, and I like what he's doing. I like how he taught history. Mm-hmm. And at, I think our time as Latinos is here. Like we're in it right now and, and we're, you know, taking over. We're taking over cities, organizations. We're taking over, you know, top positions left and right. I see it more and more. For instance, at this year's Christmas parade, um, there was so much Latino representation in the parade. And I and I told my wife, I said, just notice the names. That company, Latino mm-hmm. owned. That company, Latino owned. And so it's happening now. And yes, I would love for, if I asked my daughter, who. For her to have an answer, and I, I don't think she has an answer right now. Yeah, and maybe we, you know, as as a community, uh, we we can fix that. We- <laughs> Here's the thing, too, is like we have now transitioned to the largest demographic in Texas, mm. Latinos, right? So we're the numbers, but are we putting the force and the power behind that? And it's and it's a cultural thing. It's it's really still because we're still like figuring out our lineage and where that comfort goes and the fear of putting ourselves out there and having the house crumble or whatever that is. I'm excited. I'm excited that we have an opportunity now, but when you know better, you do better, right? Like, so how can I start to pour into this next gen and get them to be, and I'm not saying I put the expectation someone needs to be the, you know, the queen in shining armor that comes and saves the world. I'm not saying that. I'm saying, let us know and start to find out who we are. So mm. the power and the liberation of speaking our truth and the work that really belongs to us to do shows up for the, for the rest of the culture. I love it. The Chica movement. Can you share a crucial early decision that helped shape Chica and what it is now and where it's going? Like what, what got into you to say, I'm going to start it and here's my big dream for it. Like, I love that it exists, but sometimes just just to make it happen is so hard. Yeah. What stuck out? What what really made you wake up the next day and say, "I'm doing it. I'm 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 starting this organization." Well, hey, Chica, I came when I lost my son. Um, I went back to work, and I was working in a corporate office, and I noticed that everyone was just kind of in my own lens was like doing the same thing. I got to make the donuts. I got you know what I mean. It was like there was no. I wanted everyone to see me and say, oh, my God, this happened to you. There was a, a something that changed the world. It's like a, the whole world is on fire now. There's a new earth and life, right? So I was like, tra- tra- like I was traumatized and said, this happened to me, and I'm coming back to work, and if I sit in this cube and do nothing about it, if it goes to waste, then I feel like 
that whole experience of being in the hospital room and and all this happening totally unexpectedly like it would it would go to waste yeah and so i started writing down i'm like and there's nobody in the office that really looks like me. I, I started to see things that i didn't notice in such an intense way before and so i thought you know what i'm gonna bring my chicas together i'm gonna bring all my sisters together i'm gonna create a, a summit with my friends i thought it was like 100 people or 50 people that i knew I already had been doing Latino networkers. Like I had started one called Social Latino. So I was already doing that on the side, like just bringing all my compas together. And so I thought I want something special for Latinas. And I was invited to all these parties, Super Bowl parties and all this, and no one looked like me. And I Mm. thought it's not fair now that I'm experiencing this and I don't have my people with Mm. me. It's like I saw Kevin Hart post, like it's not fair when you have all the money and your friends don't because they can't play with you. And so I started to write down like, okay, I'm going to do a, I'm going to do a one day thing. I'm going to talk about side hustles. I'm going to talk about being a chica, da, 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 da. And the name Hey Chica was not just for Latinas. Everyone's a chica. I was telling everyone, when you go to to Spain, they're going to call you a chica if you're a white girl, black girl, whatever. You're just a girl, right? So it wasn't like it was only for Latinas. It was my JV version of, hey girl, let me put you in the game. So, hey Chica came from that same intention. And so I wrote it out and it became something way bigger. So many, 300 women showed up. We did it at SMU in Dallas. And then I was like, okay, just a one-time thing. Well then, little did I know, it was like a snowball going on and I got a lot of women involved because I didn't want to do it myself. And then we lost some women that we have to transition through relationship breakups and stuff. And and then COVID happened. You oh, know? Man. Yeah. And then people were like, we need this in high schools and junior high. So we started doing it in, in high school and junior high. So the great thing about it is that I didn't ever put an expectation of what it was going to be. I just let it boil and do its thing. And I'll use the same Michael Jackson reference. He said, I never thought that beat it or thriller were going to be what they were i just meditated went in my room got in my creative space it's like you you're a creative you think you're going to go in there and do something and then man you know the universe and god blesses you and shows you something else because you're so in the flow of what it is Mm. and hey chica's not even where it is now is not even where i know it's gonna go and i'm just falling in line and i'm allowing these relationships to happen organically without Mm. controlling it so having my daughter and her dynamic with her friends and you're my friend, you're not my friend. And then I look at like my wife's friends and our circles and I'm fighting. I'm better. You're not this. You're not that. And there's just this not coming together that I don't like. I believe in community. I believe in togetherness. And you use the word sisterhood in some of your talks and interviews and I just wanted to see what your um, perspective is on the word sisterhood and encouraging words for you know chicas <laughs> to get along because together we, we're just stronger we can move further absolutely and I and I'm cha- I'm gonna change the word too because I went to I got it I got into this new group of women called the summit in Dallas and these are women of all races and all they're like business women who want to help put women on boards and an opportunity and I was there and there was this amazing prominent white lady from Dallas is very successful and she's like we're not a sisterhood that's a sorority Mm. we are a put people in the game hood right like we are we are beyond that at the point and I thought Mm. you know what that's again I was listening right I was obedient I was like oh so it is a sisterhood, but at the same time, I said, you know what? We're going to be the no mean girl movement. So 
the no mean girl movement we have adopted and it's don't be mean to your future that's leadership don't be mean to yourself that's self-care don't be mean to your community that's advocacy that's right great. that's great so now i can go to my young seven-year-old and be like are you gonna be a part of the mean girl movement mm. or not mean girl movement so you can really take that yeah. and dumb it down and express that to a seven-year-old and say are we gonna be mean to that today are you gonna be mean to yourself and tell yourself you can't do it so you give it to them again going back to fierce conversations when you have the right word that articulates what we're actually doing then that's where the explosion of understanding comes from, right? I can say sisterhood, and I still will reference that because a lot of people only identify when they know what that means, hermanahood or whatever. But now that I'm doing something outside in Hey Chica, made Latino, which is for our men, so I can't use sisterhood there. So I use made Latino because using the Italian So you have the Hey Latino too now? Made Latino. Made Latino. It's our men part, and it's because... I use the same thing references an Italian made man when you everyone knows Godfather everyone knows Scarface when you're made you're protected by the people you're yeah. protected by the game you're protected by business so it's everyone's like thought oh is it made by Latinos I was like no this is saying I'm a made man because I'm going to stand up for my sister I'm going to put my sister in the game yeah. so now I'm going to my hermanos and saying Hey, bro, you have a podcast. Are you putting Latinas in it? Or, or hey, I have a business. Are you reaching out to a sister and put? Because again, we. I don't want to get that. in trouble, so you you have to help me get some more Latinas on here. But anyways, continue. No, but you know what I'm saying. I'm <laughs> yeah. saying, and and I and I. But I hear you. I've, right. So now we host these every other month dinners to call me Latino, and wow. so the sisterhood is now turning into a, the togetherhood. You know, it's like bringing my brothers in and saying. You do this. Where's the room to bring the commute, the progress, right? Yeah. And so, are you? And so, I even like, man, that's a made move, because everyone knows the Italian made reference. So Absolutely. I'm using that same reference to articulate. We're about something else. It's not like, oh, I'm I'm celebrating girls, and I'm I'm focused on small business owners. So I'm gonna help her, you know, put an Instagram up, or and I'm like, that's great, but moving action and long-term strategy and progress is helping me to help me is to go to my yoga studio and pay for a class mm. not just you know what i mean like help me in that way that's that's the weight that i'm saying and now i'm going like i'm going to find my made latino brothers that are like i'm willing to bring my girls up too and support the yeah. real movement so sisterhood yes no mean girl yes um but women have to know that they're, they don't take away from themselves if they give to someone else. Mm. I love that. No mean girl. I like it. And my daughter, you're watching. Yeah, take it. I'm going to come girl. and drop off some swag because we have the shirt. We're going to be at yeah. the shirts and the campaign launches at our event. And I do want to mention that the reason why we used to do our event in Hispanic Heritage Month. And I said, no, you know what? No more. Because do it. Yeah, why? And, but also March is International Women's Month. So why not celebrate International Women on that month and, ma and you know maximize what that really means and give whoever's celebrating International Women's Month the international part of the celebration. Here at the Failed Podcast, we talk about failure, what we learned from it, and how we overcame it. When you think of the word failure, how do you define it, and what advice would you give to someone dealing with failure? Uh, failure for me is progress. So I defined it as progress because it's changing 
everything that you believed in and thought that should have happened to become what it is from a learning experience. Um, I try to fail all the time. And my husband uses that, like, just get punched in the face, Veronica. All you need is that first punch so you can feel it and know what that feels like. And then you can get your stance. And then you Absolutely. can get ready for, still can't anticipate what is to come, but at least that you can get your mind, body, and spirit and get your stance in yeah. place. So failure for me, you can look at my entire life and say she failed at all of that, right? I was experiencing layoffs, death, loss. I mean, failure is like... Oh, that's e that's easy to do. Yeah, <laughs> that's easy work. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah. like how do you about like the hard work is after that and taking the punch. I'm gonna put all your socials in a way for people to get a hold of you, including the summit that's coming up March second. But is there anything that you want to plug before I put a bow on this episode? I love I love this conversation. Thank know, you. It's it's been great. Trust me. Like you gave you gave me some things. That I'm just gonna go home and say, look, oh, chica. <laughs> and I want to invite you to Made Latino. Um, I really want to talk about. We're bringing um, Hey Chica to Fort Worth for a, a luncheon on March 8th. So it's coming to Fort Worth. I'm taking the women who've been involved in it to talk about the Nuco Madre framework. So it's gonna be our way of what we think is working on how we work together. Yeah. And it's breaking the silos of how women, oh, I have a women's empowerment. I do too, and don't go to this, and don't do this. This yes, is, yes. we're trying to come in and say, there's a new comadre framework, oh, right? I love it. And so, and I say comadre and not chica because a comadre is, it takes it to another level. Yeah. Obviously, know. me and you know, when I hear <laughs> that word, I know what it, what it means, but. I love it. So I'm intentional, right, with what we say and yeah. do. So we're doing that on March 8th. So that, that actually is going to go up tomorrow, the invite. And okay. um, that's going to happen. I'll share it on socials and I'll stuff I'll send like you the that. invite so you yeah. can share that because we really want to engage with women in Fort Worth. And that's going to be huge. And then Made Latino in Fort Worth. Mm. That's a dinner, like I said, um, bringing our brothers and our sisters together. And then my husband and I do a lot of events here around boxing and MMA fighting promotion. We do Tuesday night fights, and I invite my people to come out and see that. It's fun. It's entertaining. It's exposing small business. It's yeah. teaching us to bring culture to um, commitment and passion. Like, you know, I think the... MMA, boxing, all that's a culture in itself. People like that. And I like it because it's entertaining, but at the same time, we've got to stand strong and know who we are from from that perspective too, right? Feel safe and do a lot of fun stuff like that. But health and wellness is, is my core jam, mm -hmm. right? I own a yoga studio. I'm opening another gym in Dallas. And so for me, it's like t teaching self-care, teaching fitness, teaching our people to be resilient by our physical and mental health. So I invite you to get in, get involved in in your own self care movement with that, and I and I love that I'm going to be a vessel to help communicate that. Um, but hey, Chica, we have a lot of calendar things going on. So get plugged in our self care summits in July, our advocacy summer. This is a big election year. We Latinos got to get out and vote. Yes. So that's going to happen in October. Um, other than that, my you know just let tag me let me know I what will. you're doing i want no even our listeners and who's listening like tag me and put me in your game and Absolutely. how can i support you and show up and and amplify the things that you're doing and then also i want to invite you to do business with me yeah thank you thank you 
So I believe in the giving flowers, not, not when you're dead, but when you're alive. And so I want to give you some flowers from observing you and kind of studying you. I just wanted to say, good job. Uh, your voice has power. People, chicas, but people are following you to find inspiration and motivation. And you've been given a gift that gets opened over and over and over through the relationships that you establish. So, you know, we're, I'm thankful when we have amazing people in this world, but it's more of a blessing whenever I get to sit down and have a conversation with those amazing people. So keep going. And, and also, I've created a, a token for the failed podcast. And so after failure, our mind shifts and then we become doers. And when you do, I have this, if you look up there on the screen, you see that check mark behind yeah. you? So it's, I have this thing that I'm establishing and that is check the box. So after you fail, start checking boxes. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to do this. And that's how you progress in life. And so obviously with your story and what you've gone through, uh, you check the box on that you don't, that you didn't quit. That's what you check the box on. And so on my token, it says the felt podcast on that side and on the back it says, don't quit. And you check the box. Oh, I love it. And this it. is for you. Thank and you. And just want to say thank mm. you for coming on the felt podcast. And it was a great conversation. Thank you so much. And everyone watching, I hope you enjoyed this conversation. All the socials and links will be in the description below. Thank you all so much for tuning in and we'll see you on the next one.